Welcome to Create Shift, a production from The Good Space, a place for alternative learning and radical well-being, a place to bring your dreams and come home to yourself. I'm your host, Ellen Carr, founder and chief magic maker at The Good Space. I'm a holistic coach, yoga teacher and creative, supporting you to create positive shifts in your own life and in the world around you. I hope you find this podcast supportive, encouraging, and inspiring wherever you are on your journey. In this episode, I am chatting to the delightful Eileen Le. I really hope that I'm saying that right. I had to have a little lesson at the start of the interview. We talk about creativity, slow living, bringing slow living and slow living practices to creativity, and being in the messy middle. I hope that you enjoy this episode. As always, feel free to leave a comment, a rating, a review, uh, or feel free to get in touch with me on Instagram or via email, or of course, come along and join my private Facebook community, Create a Good Life. I'll put the link to that in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Ellen. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have a chat with you. Um, Do you want to get started by introducing yourself and telling everybody a little bit about what you do? Yes, absolutely. Hi. Hi, Ellen, as well. We have almost the same name. Uh, (laughs) It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I am, my name is Erin Love. I am a creative coach and I live in Sweden. So what I do is that I essentially help creatives in their creative projects, in their creative lives to move forward in the direction that they want and to find the direction that they want in their creative lives and be able to do the projects that they want to do. Lovely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm pronouncing your name wrong because I'm saying it a bit like my name, but you you did not say it like that. Well, How- it's <laughs> the very Swedish way of pronouncing my name is Elin. Uh, but that is very hard. Yeah, that's very hard to pronounce in a sort of English way. Even I have trouble pronouncing it in the correct way within an English sentence. So if you say Ellen or something like that, that is absolutely fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, Elin is the very Swedish way of pronouncing it. Elin. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so um, let's jump in by talking about the the big topic of creativity it's obviously central to what you do and kind of how you how you live your life and what you support other people with so can you tell me a bit about both your relationship to creativity and kind of your own creative journey so far mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so I was like most of us are a pretty creative kid um creativity was quite large part of my childhood I think so in that sort of very long back in 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 my past then creativity was a very sort of my relationship to creativity was very easeful and normal and natural I had a friend whose mother was a children's book author so she and her my friend and I would write a lot as kids um, and we would play a lot of course as all kids do And then came teenage years and all the pressures around creativity and sort of when the dream of writing uh, that was born very early uh, and wanting to to write a book 
that became sort of, okay, you have to be able to get published in the publishing world um, and how hard that is. And you have to be among the best, even have a chance. And all of that sort of the pressure that that tends to revolve around creative work uh, in our society, unfortunately. So <laughs> that happened. And so I didn't pursue creativity as a career. I didn't, I went to university. I didn't study anything related to writing or related to creativity. I studied political science, uh, which was, I was interested in that, of course, otherwise I wouldn't have, be, have studied it. But looking back, maybe that wasn't really my core passion um, since I am where I am now. But for a good couple of years, I sort of lost track of creativity. And, but the dream of writing and the dream of writing fiction stayed with me. Uh, and it was always something that I felt like I wanted to do. And I wanted to find a place for that in my life. But with all of those ideas and fears and pressure, uh, that was difficult, uh, especially when you sort of in, interpreted and, and internalized the idea that you have to do something perfectly to even have a chance of, of reaching out with it or, or for it to have a place in the world. Uh, so I started writing, started working on the first novel uh, while I was at university, but I struggled very, very, very much with that. Uh, I would write in short bursts and then I wouldn't write for anything for months. I would write and hate everything I wrote <laughs> and all of that. So it was a, back and forth process. And finally, I graduated university, I got the first nine to five job. And I had this moment of like, okay, this is this is sort of, I'm in, I'm at the place where we're always striving towards where we're growing up, we're moving towards that place. And now I was there, I was in the nine to five office job. And I was trying to write my novel uh, on my spare time, I was struggling a whole lot. And I could just see how this is how things could turn out I could like never finish that book I could just keep being in that nine-five job that I wasn't super pleased with and the dream of writing would just sort of go away so <laughs> at that point I was like no no we're not gonna let this happen and so I decided to face my creative fears which was essentially what was holding me back and that's how I started blogging. I blogged about that year of facing my creative fears. And eventually I started sharing tips about creativity that I learned along the way. And that led me onwards to becoming a creative coach. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I think, I reckon a lot of people can probably relate, you know, and creativity is so, like you said, easeful when we're mm. young for many of us for most of us right it's it's a kid's natural state mm. and then in and then it's all that stuff you know as you were talking it's like the the pressure of success and the idea of success and what that is and how mm. society puts its own idea of success on us and yeah. and kind of perfection and 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 the idea of just doing it for ourselves and for fun and because it's part of who we are and and mm. you know detaching a bit from that outcome mm. I suppose gets forgotten um yeah do you I so I, I think you know obviously in what you were sharing it sounds like you you had a childhood where your creativity was supported and obviously you had your friend's mum who was the, the kid the children's books author so that's you were kind of in an environment of creativity and obviously that's not the case for everybody mm. um 
and I suppose in some ways if there was a person who who had that you know that dream of writing a book like you had and they had that moment like you had of you know you know either I carry on in in this nine to five and or, or I come back to the creative dream it can be even harder sometimes I suppose for people who haven't had creativity kind of supported as a kid do you yeah. find in your clients that you that you do you work with clients who have, have kind of had those sorts of issues to face so they've maybe come to their creativity later in life or yeah I'm just interested that's a great question actually I'm thinking back to the clients that I have worked with and I'm trying to think of, of someone who ha- has a relationship that where they didn't feel supported and I think I think that most of the clients that I work with have had a, a positive experience about of creativity at some point uh, growing up but a lot of people have also been told told that same thing that creativity isn't something that you can pursue as a career or if mm. you're going to pursue it as a career uh, you have to be among the absolute best uh, mm. or you're not sort of supposed to take creativity seriously um, mm. and make that a priority in your life um, mm. at least if it doesn't bring in any money and it probably can't bring in any money that's sort of the story yeah. that most of us were told absolutely what advice would you give if there's someone listening who who that like this is resonating with them and they're thinking you know or they're remembering or just reconnecting with this creative dream that they've got and they're they're sort of at that point where they're like you know I either go for this and face my creative fears what advice might you give them to help them start well I would say start small Uh, and the thing with creativity that is that we also think that it has to be that when we are we have been taught growing up that um, creativity is supposed to be like you if you write a book you're supposed to get published or if you if you pursue a creative craft you're supposed to become one of the best and you're supposed to sort of sell your art or or anything like that but if you have been away from creativity for a long time if it's uh, a dream that you have had in the back of your head just start taking a couple small steps uh, you don't have to sort of succeed like we talked about um that's not really what what creativity is about it's about your joy and your your relationship through creativity and sort of the success part or sharing it with others can come much, much, much later in the process if you want to do that. So in that case, I would I would try to create some space in your life for that creative work. Uh, try to pick maybe an afternoon in the weekend or, or some time that you have and say, okay, I'm going to protect this space of time in my life and see just play around with creativity and see if I can find my way back to this work. Mm. Yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm, assu- I'm going to assume here that you've done the artist way. Have you? I haven't, actually. <laughs> and there's a very silly reason for it. I'm very not a morning person. I am a night <laughs> owl. And so the morning pages scare me immensely. <laughs> um, it's funny. Everybody always assumes I've done it as well. And I actually haven't done it all the way through. I bought the book maybe two years ago I started reading it maybe a month ago um mm-hmm. and I'm going through it very imperfectly it's like 12 weeks and you're meant to go through the whole thing like week by week I have not done that however the reason I mentioned it was because yeah so I think two of the most famous things from that are the morning pages like you said maybe you yeah. could just do night pages instead yeah just rename yeah. it I know <laughs> 
um and uh the artist date and I guess what you were talking about kind of um yeah. made me think of the artist date that, that she suggests in that so that is carving out a bit of time to go and let your your inner artist just play um mm-hmm. and you know what I struggle with it I yeah. still haven't done it properly and and I you know and I, I'm creative in my work and I'm lucky in that way but there's there's creativity that I want to make time for that you know it is still really hard and I think it's because it's just drilled into us mm. by our society that like you know the work day looks like this and yeah. as an adult you need to be doing these sorts of things and it's it's hard yeah 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 and I think that many of us when we were grown up and we were sort of we have had all this structure that we're supposed to follow and and deliver um specific things I think many of us struggle with the mess that creativity can be uh, the sort of messiness of the creative process and to embrace that and allow that to happen and that it won't be neat and perfect and and very structured along the way. Um, mm-hmm. I think many of us struggle with that and I have to sort of get back into accepting that mess is a part of the process and mess can also be fun. Mm, yeah, oh, that's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. quote. Everybody needs to remember that. Mess can be fun. Um mm-hmm. I wanted to mention your book briefly because you were talking about working on your first novel and I think you finished that did you finish it last year or the year before last year (laughs) I'm thinking myself uh yeah so my first novel started out in one place and then it went through very many evolutions many drafts uh, as I sort of learned how to to write a book and to to sort of bring the vision to to life that I was trying, that I had in my head and I had an idea and taking that and making that a whole real book. uh, It's a whole process. And so it went through many evolutions, many drafts. And last year I came to the place where I felt, okay, now it's good enough to sort of, I've done what I feel like I could do with this uh, without any more sort of support and feedback from, from other people. And so I sent that novel over to publishers in, here in Sweden. We don't really work with agents as writers, mm. um, unless you're a very f- famous author. Um, <laughs> we pitched directly to publishers. So that's mm. what I did. And I haven't gotten it uh, accepted by a publisher, but I did get some feedback. So mm. I'm thinking now um, of making it another draft and, and reworking it a bit. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, and that's the case with with. I think many creative projects, but maybe books especially, that it is a very long process, uh, especially if it's your first book. And yeah, it can be, it can take many years and it's okay that it takes many years. Mm. This leads us perfectly into uh, another topic I wanted to talk to you about, which is slow living, because I know that's a big part of of kind of how you approach life and, and creativity as well. So slow living I think you know obviously can mean different things to different people so can you talk a little bit about what it means to you and how you bring it into your life yes so I discovered slow living when I had done that first year of facing my credit fears and I was sort of I was very high on inspiration at that point because I'd managed to make creativity a part of my life that I had really struggled to as an adult before And so I was very inspired (laughs) and that meant that I was taking a lot of my free time towards my creative projects. I had uh, quite high demands on how much I wanted to create and I, since I was so inspired, I had many ideas. I came to a place where I was pushing myself a bit too hard 
because I wanted to, I wanted to create. I, I I loved it and I wanted to do more do more of it, but I only had so many hours. So at that point, I started searching for how to do a little bit less, going a little bit slower, bringing in more slow into my life, and that's how I discovered slow living. So for me, slow living has been sort of connected to my creative work right from the start of discovering slow living because that was sort of what I wanted to use to to bring in more balance, essentially. And like you said, slow living can be different things. And I think sometimes when we just come across slow living, it can look very sort of like... um, an aesthetic more than than a philosophy. Uh, it can be very much of these dried herbs and make your meals and bread from scratch and wear linen dresses. And uh, of course, that can be part of it, but that's not really what it's about. Um, to me, it's about intentionally choosing to go a little bit slower, to not say yes to hustle culture, but to say no to that and say that I do not accept that stress is supposed to be a part of our lives. Um, And to bring in more slow into our days, into whatever we do, both in how, how, both in the pace of things that we do, to see that we don't have to go as fast as possible. Uh, So I think sometimes when we are looking at, okay, we're planning a project, for example, then we we sort of go into it with the expectation that, okay, I'm going to finish this project as fast as I can. And then we look at schedule, okay, I can get to this point by this date and get to this point by this date. And um, doing it that way puts in stress into a project that, that doesn't have to be there. We can choose to just go a little bit slower and that way have more balance, have more time for rest, have more time for thinking things through and more time for, yeah, just enjoying it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that that's what slow living is about for me. It's about embracing a little bit of a slower pace, choosing uh, to not stress through everything and also bring in slow living activities into my everyday life mm. and you've got a nice video actually haven't you that about slow living uh, ideas for i can't remember what it's called now for creatives yeah that's it yes. yeah so i'll yeah. link to that in the show notes for people if they want to if they want to watch that did you find it easy once you decided and um, you found out about slow living and you decided you wanted to bring it more into your life uh, did you find that quite easy did it come quite naturally did, to you or, or was it a bit of a struggle I think both <laughs> because <laughs> I, on one hand, I think like if I think back to childhood again, I remember being like me and my friend were, were like uh, rushed by people because we tended to like linger at the, um, while we were eating lunch or when we were outside <laughs> playing, we were at the back of the group where we were out walking <laughs> because we, we tended to like want to take things a little bit slower and maybe we also get got distracted I suppose um, <laughs> so I do think that a slower pace 
is natural to me and like if I listen to myself if I mm. tap into that I think that I need uh, sort of the space and the rest and I can't go at as a fast pace as some other people do and and enjoy and embrace um, so I think that is sort of within me but at the same time I'm also the type of people person who can be quite impatient <laughs> I uh, can be um I can I can want things to to happen uh, and get impatient with that, and I have a lot of enthusiasm and inspiration, and that's what tends to drive me to to speed up. Mm. So I think it's always a choice. It's like every 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 day almost it's a choice. It can become a habit, but you will always keep choosing it over and over again. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really, really important to acknowledge. Are there any practical things that you can share that you do that you kind of weave into your days to ensure that you're still you're always choosing slow? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started embracing slow living, it was especially important for me since I was working my nine to five, five days a week. Uh, and then I had my weekends for my creative work. Uh, and so to not just do work, 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 <laughs> first mm-hmm. a day job, send a great work and never have any time for rest. It was very important that I got slow and rest into the same days I, as I was creating as well. So I then it was even more important than it's now when I do my creative work full time and have weekends and evenings when I can rest more, more intentionally, more um, at a yeah, larger degree. Um, but some things that I, I do is that I, like, since I'm not a morning person, uh, I generally take my mornings very slow. I don't get up particularly early and I will normally take, like, the first two hours not to do any work, not to do anything that is sort of uh, with a pressure. Um, I often go for morning walks. Um, I used to be good at doing morning yoga, but then I sort of got, got out of that for a while. Um but often do something slow, whether that's sit and read or go out for a walk, um, just to to start the day off on a good note and, and a balanced note and not sort of rush into the day. And then during the day, uh, blending in slow living activities. Uh, so what those activities are is going to be different for everyone. For me, it's often going for walk, walks since I live at a place where we have quite a lot of nature around so walks is sort of my go-to activity that I do to slow everything down a little bit Uh, because if you're sort of sitting and working for many hours at a stretch you're going to build up more sort of starting to feel tense uh, maybe stressing a bit also getting tired from focusing so much so just breaking up the focus and bringing in some activities that slow you down that helps you breathe and and just relax for a bit will help you as well to to do more work uh, as well if if you want to do a certain amount of work in a day it's better to to space that up with breaks in between uh, because you also allow both both your body and brain to recover mm-hmm. Mm. yeah that's so important um I'm curious and this is this is mainly personal interest um 
something I've been thinking about and working on a lot lately and it's to do with work culture and I'm just curious because and we're going to move on to talk about this in a minute because you just mentioned it that you're you know you were working nine to five and you're you're now currently on a break you on a sabbatical from that right and we'll Mm -hmm. come to that but before we do did you have any um resistance or kind of like I call it like the nine to five hangover from when you switched from working nine to five to then being free and being able to have those slow mornings did you did you find any resistance to that in terms of feeling like oh it's nine I should be working or anything like that it was interesting because I sort of thought that I didn't have them and then I realized I probably do (laughs) (laughs) um since I know that I'm not a morning person and I have done like my credit work in the weekends, I this specific thing of getting up uh, early, I, I knew I didn't want to do that. That was sort of part of why I don't enjoy a nine to five job. So that particular thing, um, I haven't struggled that much with. Uh, I know sort of when my brain wakes up and I know that I'm not going to be doing anything specifically <laughs> good before then Uh, so that was fine but the other thing of sort of having the like being sort of uh, in this work day and once you've started a work day you're supposed to keep working Mm -hmm. um, and not break that up Uh, that I realized especially now in summer when uh, it's been now I've been on vacation and we're gonna have my boyfriend is having more vacation weeks from his job so the the habits of like him getting up and starting to work those aren't in place and so I'm I'm also freer and more flexible with my workout even more um during the summer and I'm realizing that when I sort of hit a a wall maybe after having lunch many people get tired after having lunch for example Mm -hmm. to just lay around for two hours and not do anything that feels a little bit like I'm not supposed to do it. I'm supposed to go back to the desk and keep working. So that I think is a little bit of a nine to five hangover that I have. Mm. Yeah. It's really hard to break them, I find. Um, But really important too, as well. Uh, So let's talk about your your decision to take your work sabbatical from your nine to five and like how that transition has been to you. Uh, and how you are keeping the slow in that because I, I, I presume there must have been I'm assuming uh, <laughs> some sort of feeling of right now I've got to really make this work there's a there's a real uh, I guess it could be really easy to just fall into hustle there mm. yeah, yeah tell me about that <laughs> yeah so I thought exactly that when I decided that okay I'm gonna do six months, I'm going to take six months off from my day job and try to build up my coaching business so that I can keep doing it full time or at least do it more than I I used to be doing um, and have that be a bigger part of my income. And I I realized the same thing when I was planning this six months that, okay, I could just uh, feel very pressured and feel very stressed that, okay, I have six months, I need to use them as at the best as best as I can and need to get as much out of it as possible and that leading to pushing myself very hard and here's where I think it's good that I've been pursuing slow living for quite a few years and have made that intentional choice that I'm not gonna do this in a stressful way and also saying that I think sometimes like proclaiming that I'm interested in slow living and this is sort of the way I want to do things that also keeps me accountable that 
I need to 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 be true to that. Uh, and and if I want to help others embrace a slower pace, I, I can't be uh, running through everything and stressing through everything. So I made that choice before I even started my six months that I wasn't going to take this time and not enjoy it, not be able to enjoy it because I would stress through it. Um, so that helped. <laughs> um, and then I think everything is so... Like I thought when I began these six months that I had like worked on my creative business and my creative work on vacations and weekends. And I thought I had many good habits and it was, I thought it would be a more seamless transition. Um, and it wasn't because everything sort of changes when you are the thing you're focusing on most in your weeks. And when your sort of everyday habits changes, everything sort of gets jumbled up and, and shifted around. And so it took me quite a while to land in that and, and, find my new habits and find a new rhythm, uh, that took longer than I expected it to. Mm. How did you, I guess, yeah, how did you do that? And do you have any advice? I was just thinking because I feel like a lot of people over the past year and a half with everything mm. with the pandemic have had that same experience of yeah. their whole day-to-day changing. And, you know, maybe now it's changed again. Maybe they're back to work, but it looks different. Or, you know, so maybe lots of people are navigating that kind of thing. So do you have any advice on what you did and what worked well? Yeah. Uh, so I think I think whenever a change like this happens, we start out with a sort of expectation of how things uh, will work and what will be good for us. And we sort of go into it with some kind of expectation. And sometimes uh, sometimes our expectations are exactly right and everything will progress normally. Um, I will, but most of the time there are going to be things that sort of uh, itches at us that doesn't feel really good um, and things that, yeah, maybe also things that work for a while. And thinking of the pandemic as well, in the beginning when everything was so sort of stressful and people were very anxious, then maybe people need a lot of structure in that beginning stage. And that was what I felt when I transitioned over to uh, my my six-month leap as well, that in the beginning, I wanted a bit of structure just to sort of find my feet and see that, okay, this is what I'm doing. Uh, but as, as I moved forward into that, I felt like those habits wasn't supporting me the way that I wanted them to. So when we hit that point, when we're feeling, okay, um, something isn't exactly right. Uh, there's something that isn't really working, uh, whatever that is, to listen to that and not just brush it away. I think that is the absolutely most important step to, to say that, okay, something is not exactly right. We might not know what is uh, the problem? And we might just see one thing on the surface that looks like this is the problem, but it might be something else beneath. So to listen to that and keep digging into it and seeing, okay, what is really the thing that is bothering me here? What isn't what isn't working within whatever habits you have or, or the routine you have? Um, and to then keep experimenting. Mm. See, okay, what do I need from my habits? What do I need from my everyday life? And to change things and see, okay, how does this feel? How does that feel? Um, and to keep experimenting with it. And I feel like that's that's such a creative way to live life, actually, as well, isn't it? And I feel like it ties in so nicely with what you were saying in terms of the in terms of embracing creativity being messy 
and Mm. embracing creativity sometimes being slow I think it ties in so nicely of like if we're living our lives in a creative way as well then we are open to experimenting with with kind of changing habits but also Mm. accepting that that is messy and that it might take time Um, yeah so that's really nice um I really want to talk to you now about the messy middle and you wrote mm-hmm. a blog post about that, and I'll link to that for people. But this is something that you were writing about experiencing, you know, after the beginning stage of your big leap, and you had those kind of structures in place, and then you moved into the middle, and it was all messy. And can you just talk about it a bit? Because I think what you share in the blog is really lovely, and I think it'd be nice to hear you talk about it a bit. Yeah, so the, I think, like, the first period of of these six months that I uh, I decided to take to work on my business in the beginning it was so very like everything was new and I was a little bit disoriented and also at the same time very excited I was focusing on my business full-time and so the beginning uh, difficult disorienting in that way but then sort of the further I progressed into like after two months um the first sort of third then I definitely hit the messy middle and that's what usually happens in creative projects I find uh, both in my own projects and when I'm working with coaching clients that usually in the beginning we're quite excited we are sort of we have uh, some sort of vision a plan and we we get into that and and at some point we hit uh, a point where things are starting to not go according to plan, <laughs> essentially. Uh, so we will start to see, okay, what are the these sort of challenges within whatever it is we're doing? Uh, so usually in the beginning, we can sort of skirt around the challenges. We, we can start out with the things that are easy, that comes easy. But the, the further into something that we progress, the more we start to see, okay, this is the things that are really hard. These are the things that I'm not very good at yet that I need to figure out. These are the things that um, that that I haven't figured out about whatever it is I'm doing yet. Uh, often with creative projects, uh, things start out, we have an idea and that idea, we're excited about that idea but it's still quite vague. Um, It's hard to describe. It's hard to to say exactly what it is you want to do. And at some point that has to become clearer and that process to make it clearer and to understand it better for yourself can also be very messy. So when a messy middle hit, (laughs) that's when I started getting a little bit stressed. Uh, So the first two months I was like, oh, this is this is nice uh, and and I was excited I was doing it and then I realized that okay a third had passed I was in the middle and I was seeing like oh this this time is gonna go away so quickly like we think like six months it's six months it's a long time it's a half a year but then when we're doing that kind of thing it also always feel like oh wow it's going past so much quicker than we thought and so that that idea uh, stressed me and um, at the same time was struggling with with my habits I was feeling a little bit trapped within my habits because I had uh, I had set quite firm structure in my week uh, and I was feeling a bit trapped in that and uh, what I realized also was that I, I, I was facing things facing issues that I didn't really know that I had I was understanding things about myself uh, as a business owner and the challenges that I 
hadn't yet dealt with. So one of the things I was struggling with a lot was a scarcity mindset. And the way that it manifested for me uh, was that I, I felt like, okay, I had these six months. I needed to do exactly the right thing that we talked about earlier that, yes, I went into it with the intention that I would enjoy these six months. But uh, when a third had passed, I was like, this, this is passing too quickly. I need to do more. I need to make everything happen in a certain way. I need to hit this specific outcome uh, that I have in my mind that I want to happen. So yeah, whenever messy middles happen, uh, when it happened to me, when it happens to other people, when it happens to clients, what we need to do in that space is to really work through it. And that's what I, I feel like we often sort of shy away from. We don't like the mess. We And maybe we have also sort of learned that to shy away from things when they get messy. So that's what we tend to do. We don't want to face it head on. Uh, we want things to get neat and structured again. Uh, but what we really need to do is to <laughs> let it be messy. Let it uh, let all of those thoughts that are coming up come up. Uh, so I did a lot of journaling. Uh, I wrote a blog post. Um, and when I when I felt like I when I had worked through that, when I had gotten it all up on the table and said, okay, habit isn't working. Scarcity mindset is there. I'm feeling stressed. I feel like uh, things, in the beginning, things were going also quite well, seeing results. And then it, the summer came and I, yeah, I was just seeing that um, I need to do things to make them happen. Um, like There's always this with, with business and results. Uh, like, if, if we're not doing business, then we can sort of skip the results and, and not care about the results. But business built into the model, we sort of have to care about the results. And that as well, I had to, to learn to deal with in this sort of healthy way. Um, so, yeah. Working through all of that, journaling about it, talking about it, writing about it, thinking about it, that really helped me to sort of make sense of all of those feelings and thoughts and how I wanted to move forward. So now I feel like I've gone through the messy middle and I got out on the other side with a lot of clarity, which is usually what happens when we sort of get into the mess, let it be messy and come out on the other side. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think there's so much in that and, um, you know, so much about that because kind of learning to accept the the kind of cyclical, cyclical nature of things as well, kind of the beginning, mm -hmm. moving through the messy middle, and then it, you will come out the other side. Whereas, you know, we, we're told that things need to be the straight line to success and yeah. everything's just moving along cleanly and nicely and according to plan. Yeah. And uh, it's absolutely not the way. And it, it sounds to me as well, like, you know, maybe in the beginning, it's it's maybe easier to to be slow and embrace creative ways of doing mm -hmm. things and to have that slow and it's like everything's going nicely. And then when the messy middle comes, all those external pressures can come back in and get really loud. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's when we really need to lean hard into those practices of of staying slow and staying committed to the creativity and the process and the practice, rather yeah. than what could be easy to fall into that panic and trying to push and hustle and all of that. And actually, what we need is the time to go to dig into it like you said um yeah but it's hard <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard it yeah 
And I think that's the thing with, with we talk about creativity and slow living. I think they're both things that people might think of as being a little bit like, you know, um, airy or cute or like, uh, you know, playful and light um, and easy. And the reality is that they are both hard things to, to bring into yeah. our lives. Like they can both be wonderful, joyful, playful experiences, but the challenge is there. And I think part of it is accepting that it will feel difficult and, mm. and letting that be okay as well. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's also what I think, like maybe we also approach these things that they should be, uh, they should be easy. It mm. shouldn't be hard for us. And when it, when they become hard, we feel like we're doing something wrong or we, we aren't meant to do something. Um, and to have the expectations that, that sometimes these things are going to be hard and we are going to feel challenged and they are going to challenge us in different ways. And to, to expect that and accept that, uh, I think, can always help us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think it's time to ask my final question. And I haven't asked this in like about a year since I last recorded the podcast so I'm I'm out of practice um so final question is in your ideal vision for the future what changes would you like to see people having made towards living a more purposeful and holistic life and kind of second part to that is if people are interested in making these changes that you suggest what small steps could they take now to start moving in that direction yes so thinking about this, I, I would really love if we as a people could be better at looking inward and trusting ourselves and trusting what we actually want rather than looking outside of ourselves and following other people's paths. And I think sometimes that we sort of mix up uh, when we are learning something and we are sort of gathering skills for something um that is good that is like learning from others is how we learn things um that's normal but when we sort of apply that uh, and people people who are teaching us things are too firm about okay you have to do this in a very specific way in their way and we sort of lose track of that okay but what is what is the thing that i want uh, and how can i learn but bring it into my own vision and trust my own vision both for life and for creativity and projects and so what can we do then to start moving towards that now um i suppose that's about making your your own vision a priority in your life making your own path a priority and not wait for permission, uh, start just like I talked about with starting small, build a little habit around something that you enjoy, that means a lot to you. And to to make sure that the way you want to do that is a priority, uh, that yes, learn from people, yes, look at others for inspiration, but always filter through what you want with your life and, and in creative projects as well. Mm. That's great. That's that's a big one. I and mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. It's it's really important. So thank you. Okay, please, can you let people know where they can find you uh, on the internet if they want to connect with you or find out more about your work? Yes, of course. So my name again is Erin Love, and the way you sort of spell that on Instagram, I am E L I N dot. L-O-O-W. 
And my website is, is the same, E-L-I-N-L-O-O-W.com. So Thank those you. are the best places to go. Great. And I will link to them in the show notes as well. So people can just click on those. It'd be nice and easy. So thank you so much for joining me today for my first return interview um, (laughs) of, of Create Shift. So it's been lovely chatting to you and I will see you in the internet somewhere soon. I'm sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Create Shift. I hope that you enjoyed it, found it interesting, helpful and inspiring. If you would like to join our supportive community full of people who want to create positive change in their lives and in the lives of those and the world around them, then I invite you to come on over to our Facebook community, Create a Good Life. I'll put the link in the show notes, but if you just go on Facebook and search for Create a Good Life, you will find it. And we have lots of exciting things happening in there from inspiring questions, sharing of articles and resources. I do lives and kind of mini workshops. And it's just a really, really lovely group um, who are all there to support each other in creating a good life for themselves, for the communities that they are part of and for the world as a whole, if that's not too big of a statement. You can find me online on Instagram at The Good Space UK. And you can find me on my website, thegood-space.com. I'll be back with fresh episodes of this podcast as and when they are ready, as and when I'm inspired to. And you can join my newsletter community as well if you want to be kept up to date with Good Space workshops, inspiration to help you create positive shifts in your life, holistic living wisdom and many more things as well as of course the fresh episodes of this podcast so do join my newsletter if that is of interest again i'll put the link in the show notes for that and for now all that's left for me to say is thank you again for being here i hope you enjoyed a nice walk or a lovely cup of tea whilst you were listening and if not gift yourself that now And if you enjoy the show, I would be so grateful and honoured if you could leave a positive review over on iTunes as this helps more people to find the show and to benefit from the resource that we provide. Thank you and until next time.